You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rocks Pile Rocky Sport brought to you by rockspile.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I am one of the co-experts on the side, joined as always by my good friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, how is the weather in Ohio? Not very far from Pittsburgh, should I say? We're not very far from Pittsburgh and you'd never guess it because guess what? It's the same weather. (laughs) Most of the rain and it's 50 degrees and mind you, we're nearly in June now. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, still the April weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you follow us on Twitter, and if you don't, why not, by the way, at RocksPileFS, you saw that Noah put up fairly early in the day yesterday that he would surmise that there would be some trouble with getting the game in yesterday. And like the Nostradamus that he is, and the weather forecaster as well, sure enough, the game was postponed yesterday, so the Rockies have a doubleheader in Pittsburgh Starting in just a few minutes, actually. So we're doing this uh, right before those two teams do battle at uh, PNC Park. And you'd never guess it, too, because, I mean, this is the first time in two years I've been able to say, oh, the weather might actually be somewhat close in Cleveland and Pittsburgh because (laughs) I'm fairly close to Pittsburgh. And since they didn't travel east, as we well know, because of COVID-19 in 2020, well, Noah could not lend his weather expertise to to the the Twitterverse. So, but you, but know, you know, alwaysweather.com. So, alwaysweather.com. <laughs> and you know what? But there is one thing that Noah Yingling can always lend his expertise to, and that is giving a shout out to our friends at manscape.com. And also too, you can do great segues. So, you know, I, you I'm just that. saying. I'm working <laughs> on that, hey. <laughs> So the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. And we have a special offer just for you. 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Their advanced ceramic blade skin safe technology with their trimmers now also has a new multifunction on and off switch 
which can engage in a travel lock created for people who like to travel. And it also has a 4,000K LED spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. Their new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over with additional guard lengths, sizes one through four. It also is completely waterproof, has wireless charging, and the battery lasts longer than ever before. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code FANSIDED, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D, and the number 20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And we absolutely appreciate manscaped.com and their support of the Rocks File Rockies Report. And Noah, as we well know, as we enter into the Pittsburgh series, most of the talk is still about what happened at the end of the series with the New York Mets. Trevor Story taken out of the game in the fourth inning of the second game of the doubleheader because of what has been described as general tightness around the elbow. Now, whenever we talked to Bud Black yesterday, before the rainout was officially announced, he did mention that Story was feeling a little bit better, but he also mentioned that Story would not have been in the lineup, nor would he have been available for pinch hitting duties on Friday. And Noah, I'm just going to say, judging from what I heard from Bud yesterday and kind of his body language, I'm going to bet that we do not see Trevor Story in the entire Pittsburgh series in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and it might end up being a little glimpse into the future. If he's traded here in the next, I would say, two months or so, um, then I, Brendan Rogers is going to be at short. And as you discussed on the site earlier this week as well, Ryan McMahon is pretty comfortable at second base. Yeah. We might be seeing more of Josh Fuentes at third base as well. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting domino effect. And, of course, we don't know when Story will be traded, if Story will be traded. You know, there's a lot of questions there and and definitely want to tackle that after we get back from our break. But let's talk about the Story injury here and kind of the near-term effects for the Rockies right now because if if you remember back to 2018 – Uh, Trevor Story uh, suffered the same kind of elbow injury. I actually talked about that in an article uh, dealing with Trevor Story's injury history on rockspile.com. But he was out about 10 days in September in in 2018 while the Rockies and Dodgers were battling for the NL West crown. And so, Noah, I think that this could well be a very similar situation. The Story never went on the I.L., because of this injury, but he also wasn't available while he tended to himself and the medical staff there with the Rockies took care of him. Yeah. And I mean, that's, unfortunately, that's something that does have to be looked at and has to be looked at for a lot of Rockies when they get injured is part of it is because of the altitude and just how often they do get injured. And sometimes there's reoccurring injuries. I mean, how many times did we see it with David Dahl, for example, Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. And that's something that hopefully will not impact them if they decide to trade him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something where there could be teams that are a little bit, uh, they decide to hesitate a little bit and whether the return for a story or even a trade for story. 
Yeah, it, it will be interesting. And one thing that Bud Black mentioned and was very adamant about whenever we talked to him was that there was no MRI scheduled for Trevor Story when we talked to him on Friday. Now, he also mentioned that Story likely wouldn't be looked at by the Rockies medical personnel until the Rockies return home. They finish up their series, at least they're scheduled to, uh, weather permitting, they're scheduled to finish up their series in Pittsburgh Sunday afternoon. They will fly back to Denver. They actually have Memorial Day off before starting a series on Tuesday night with the Rangers. So that gives that Monday for Story to be checked out. There may be an MRI. There may not. We're still waiting to hear on that. But I think we're going to know a lot more about Trevor Story once the Rockies return home than we are while they're in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I mean, that's – kind of unfortunate, especially considering how the offense has been. I mean, the Rockies set a franchise record on Thursday with their eighth straight road game with three or fewer runs on six or fewer hits. Um, That's tied for the fourth longest streak in MLB history. And that is with the Miami Marlins of 2012, the Toronto Blue Jays of 1978. That was the second year of their franchise history. Wow, that's going to make sense. And the 1906 and 1907 Brooklyn team. And I would I say Brooklyn team because I don't believe they were even named the Dodgers then. And if they were, they were in their first few years as a team. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's not good company to be in. <laughs> no, it's not. <clears throat> when you start going all the way back to 1900s for stuff, you know, that's usually never a good sign. And, and you know what, uh, Noah, one thing that you and I were talking about before we came on the podcast is so many people are focused on that three and 20 mark, at least as of the time that we're recording this away from Coors Field. And everybody's like, oh, you know, and, and they are on pace for one of, if not the worst road records in Major League Baseball. But Noah, you also were telling me that this isn't the first time the Rockies have struggled mightily out of the yeah. gate on the road. Yeah, um, this is the second time in franchise history where they have gone three and twenty to start the season on the road, and the last time was two thousand and five, where I believe they went sixty-seven and ninety-five on the season. Um, and remember, that was the year where opening day they had a wild game against the Padres who ended up winning the division. I believe they won 82 games to win the division. Um, it was either 82 or 83. Um, but it, it was a wild game to start at Coors Field against a divisional rival. And then it just fell off the tracks after. What does that sound like? Hmm. Sounds like this year. <laughs> I was going to say, let's see. Yeah. You know, it, and – I'm going to tie our two storylines from Lisa's first segment together here, because one thing that I was noticing while I was talking about Trevor Story's injury and and putting up some articles on rockspile.com is the fact that Story has struggled just like the rest of the team has struggled away from Coors. Uh, So far this season, uh, Corey Story, I should say, is batting just 213 and slashing 213, 308, 363. He has just six RBI total away from Coors. But no, if you look at what the Rockies have done, and you alluded to it a few minutes ago, Colorado scored just 59 runs outside of Coors Field in 23 road games. And it doesn't take a math genius to figure out that's not very good. Yeah. And 
we I believe it was on the last uh, episode of the podcast we had, and we were discussing how they scored three runs in the first game of the Mets series. And we thought, okay, maybe they're turning the corner. Um, but obviously they aren't a and B they, they broke out the pitching machine so they could see more of the break on the pitches and all that, because it is different at sea level than it is at altitude. And obviously either it didn't work and, or they didn't do it enough, which at least I, you can correct me if you, if you've heard differently, but it doesn't sound like they used it after game one of the series. So that, that could be part of it. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's at the, the point where if, if you're at the point where it's a road game and you don't have to see the opponent, you don't have to see who the pitcher is. You just know, Oh, lost that. That's a massive, massive problem because if you expect to be a team that is in contention, which the, the Rockies are, and they should be mm-hmm. because after all, there's no point of playing 110 more games roughly if you think you aren't going to be developing any. And I mean, they're at the point where, and CJ Crone talked about this a few weeks ago, I believe it was on the last road trip. He said, I I think it's part of it is a lack of confidence. I don't know if it is a lack of confidence or if it's the uh, just going away from Coors Field or if it's a combination of it. But I mean, they've got to figure something out. I mean, Unless you, if you plan on losing all the road games, you can't, there's no way you can win every single game at Coors Field. And even if you did do that, an 81 and 81 team is not going to make the playoffs. Well, and, and let's be honest, one of the things that I'm really looking at this Pittsburgh series is obviously this is a team that if the Rockies are going to come in and take a road series, this is a team that it could be done against. Okay. Yeah. And I know a lot of folks think that whenever they come into Coors Field now with the Rockies, but on the flip side, Rockies definitely should have the advantage. Uh, and, and I think it starts with John Gray in game one here. And we know that John Gray has been a much better pitcher at Coors Field this year than he has on the road. Yeah, And so I think for John to come in, set the tone in game one, I think that's going to be really important because we saw Herman Marquez had a very well-pitched game. Kyle Freeland did pretty well against Jacob deGrom, and they still, you knew that if they made one mistake, it was likely over, uh, yeah. just knowing the Rockies' offense it was. Yeah, and I mean, the starting pitching staff has pitched really well lately. They've got 22 quality starts, meaning six innings pitched, three or less uh, runs, and that's tied for the sixth month, sixth most in the majors this year um and they've had quality starts in their seven of their last 10 starts and also too in the last 16 games their starters have an era of 253 which that is the third lowest in the majors. so the rotation is doing their job yes the bullpen is not and the offense is not and by the way too on the offense as well uh for game one of the doubleheader on Thursday, they were shut out for the eighth time this year. 
they haven't been shut out that many times before June one since their very first season, 1993. Wow. And the last team that was shut out eight or more times on the road within their first 50 games of the season was the 1976 San Francisco Giants. Wow, there you go. A little bicentennial flashback there. How about that? So, By the hey, way, how I mentioned with Brooklyn, they were not the Dodgers at the time. They were the Brooklyn Superbas. The Superbas? Yeah. Now, there's a name. I like that. And they yeah. had about – they were – before that, they were the Bridegrooms, the Grooms, the Bridegrooms again, the Grays, the Atlantics, and the Grays again. And then after the Superbas, they were the Trolley Dodgers – then the Dodgers uh, for one season. Then they were the Robins, and then they were the Dodgers full time. So that's a long time ago. <laughs> so, so I wonder if on their hats they just had the B like they do at the start of the Dodgers, and that way they didn't have to change them. You know, you just stay. Well, with the considering B. it was 110 years ago, they might not have even had hats then. Who knows? Oh, good point. Maybe they, they wore top hats. You can't ever tell. <laughs> All right. So, hey, we're going to do one more segment. This is going to be a shorter version of our podcast because we want to make sure that we get it out before the Pirates game begins. Uh, But on the other side of this break, we are going to talk trade stuff. We're going to talk Trevor Story. We're going to talk John Gray. We're going to talk about the injury and what role that may play into it. So stick with us here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And we are back on the Rocksville Rockies Report. Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling here with you as the Rockies get set to play three in Pittsburgh, including a doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, so, Noah, one thing that you know we alluded to before the break was obviously the Trevor Story injury. We talked a lot about that. And as you mentioned, this is something that could be kind of a worst-case scenario for the Rockies if Story is injured and it's a bigger thing than maybe they're letting on at the moment or they know about at the moment and what that could do to the trade deadline and the Rockies' plans for getting some kind of return for him. Yeah, and that's why I had it on the site earlier this week. I, I believe it was a day before the injury, if I'm not mistaken. They need to trade Story and John Gray ASAP. Why? Because A, injuries could happen like that. And B, you need to maximize your return. I mean, teams are going to pay a lot more if they get 110 games of story, 100 to 110 games. Sure. And they get 20 starts out of John Gray rather than half of those. And it would be half of those if they traded them at the trade deadline on July 30th. You know, one thing that I read in an article, and I think it was from Mark Feinstein on MLB.com, is that he was looking back at not last year with the COVID, uh, you know, in the change in the schedule, but in the previous years before that with the July 30 this year trade deadline, not July 31, but July 30, uh, that the first big trade usually on average happens right around Father's Day weekend. So mid-June is really when you look at that first big trade to happen. And, you know, we had Robert Murray of fan-sided on the site, and his prediction was that John Gray would actually be one of the first players in all of Major League Baseball traded. So could we be looking at a mid-June move for the Rockies? And, and I think if something happens with Story, they have to do an MRI. He's out for an extended period of time. In my mind, that almost speeds up the whole what are we going to do with John Gray conversation. Yeah, and if it, if it doesn't, it should. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, 
for example, and we'll have this on the site later here soon. Um, so you'll be able to see it, but there are teams that do come back from poor starts like the Rockies have had. Um, there's one team in particular, which if you look on the site here soon, you'll, you'll see it. Um, but the, the Rockies will have a hard time getting to that level if a, the bullpen doesn't step up and B, if they can't play on the road yeah. and if you've got story out and I really, I, I'll say this, if story is out, they aren't going to do it with story alone. They're, they're going to have a hard time getting to a playoff level because yeah. the, the team that we're going to compare to, they made the playoffs. They went deep into the playoffs and they started off the season 19 and 31. And the Rockies right now, before the doubleheader, they are 19 and 32. And that's a big problem. Now, luckily for the Rockies, um, they are still not close uh, to being as bad as the Diamondbacks are because the Diamondbacks have lost 12 straight games. Not um, unbelievable. Which they've been playing terribly on the road, too. Yeah. Um, because they've been swept, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in four straight road series. Um, so hey, maybe because, you know, they're the second highest elevation. I was maybe just going to say they're coming from altitude, man. That's yeah, the they're coming from altitude. So they, they play on the moon. <laughs> so therefore, they can't play on the road. Um, so the thing is, too, I mean, the Rockies, you have to look at the teams above you and you have the three best teams in baseball ahead of you and the Dodgers, uh, the Padres, Dodgers and giants. Yeah. And all three teams are on pace to win about a hundred games or more. So in other words, at least as of now, the playoff picture, do you think the Rockies are going to win a hundred games? Hell no. <laughs> I, was, I was just doing the math in my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost statistically impossible. Yeah. Um, so that's why they need to get rid of, uh, unless they think they can extend them, which I don't think they can, or they might may not even want to story and gray. And they need to look at some others as well. Michael Gibbons, since he's going to be a free agent, Daniel Bard, um, Charlie Blackman, and also, too, then if you trade them, you can get some of these players up from Albuquerque and they may not be ready, but you can see they can they can develop more at the major leagues than they would in Albuquerque. You know, one thing that I read in, in our friend Patrick Saunders uh, mailbag uh, that was published in the Denver Post recently was that he thought at least John Gray would listen to the Rockies if they came to him with a contract extension. I don't believe, now this is me speaking, I don't believe Story will do that. I think Story is gone one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, I think at least John Gray will listen. And the statistic that you threw out before the break about how effective the rotation has been, I know Rockies fans are like, you know, I know we can get a great deal back for Gray likely if the right deal is made. Yeah. But at the same time, they've this franchise has worked so hard to build a rotation that could be trusted 
And it feels like we're at that point right now only to have it broken apart by trades and well, let's see if Ryan Rollison or, you know, somebody else could be that next guy up. Yeah. And the thing is too, and I mentioned this on the site as well, don't trade story or frankly, even gray to the Cardinals because right. you got shafted last time. Don't get shafted again. And they're going to, with story, you're going to be getting a lot less playing time than they did Arenado. So what, why would they give the Rockies even an equivalent deal that they had with Arenado? They won't. No. No, I, I, I see Trevor Story, if he is traded, we talked about Trevor Story to the Oakland A's on the site and the possibility of that. Uh, certainly, Oakland has not gotten very good production out of their shortstop. It makes sense on some levels. However, their farm system, shall we say, is lacking. So, so that's an issue if you're really looking at a good return for Story. One thing that uh, Manny uh, from MLB.com, Manny Rondala, talked about uh, was a potential Story to the Reds trade. And the Reds do have some prospects that they could send back. Uh, and, you know, we, we know, oh, God forbid, uh, you know, DJ LeMayhew, Nolan Arenado, you know, all those guys were course creations, right? We've learned oh, that, course. obviously. Yeah, yeah, but but tre- as you mentioned earlier, Trevor Story would go from Coors to Great American Ballpark. So Jupiter to Saturn, I, I think was yeah. you know is is how it's yeah Mars to so. Jupiter, Jupiter to Saturn, whatever way you want to describe it. <laughs> moon to Mars, Moon to Jupiter, or however exactly. you want to describe it. Um, but you know because hitting at Great American Ballpark is much much easier than it is at Coors Field. Because oh, of course, you're hitting at Coors Field, not at elevation. So the elevation is the big factor. I mean, that, that's why Coors Field is the moon or Jupiter or Mars or whatever you want to say. But apparently it's easier. Uh, I, and, you know, it's probably easier to hit a great American ballpark than Coors Field because Coors Field, you're levitating. So well, that's, that's it's true. hard to hit if you aren't on the ground. And we did find that out from Madison Bumgarner, who yeah. who somehow made it back to earth before his start against the Cardinals, it looked like. Uh, yeah. So, so if you're looking at Oakland as a potential trade partner, you're looking at Cincinnati as a potential trade partner. We know the Yankees are always lurking out there. Uh, one thing that has been said is that the Rockies are very hesitant to trade within the division. And I get that completely. Uh, the last thing I think any of us would want to see would be a story in a Dodgers uniform. Yeah. So, but I think, all this trade talk and all this what if and everything else, I think it's on hold right now until we really see what the severity of Story's injury is and how many games he could potentially be missing. But let's make one thing like really clear here. Trevor Story is not going to make the All-Star game this year. The way that he has started the year, he is not going to make the All-Star game. It is possible, I'm going to underline that, that John Gray could be picked for the all-star game if he really has a strong next few starts it's possible but Noah I think the one guy who's going to be representing the Rockies at Coors Field this year is going to be Ryan McMahon I yeah. think he's your all-star pick yeah and you'll have McMahon there um I would say CJ Crone because he's he's hit really well but there's so many good first basemen out there yeah. um and with McMahon, he can play second or third in the All-Star game. Um, of course, the Rockies have to have at least one. That's yep. why 
for example, in, I believe it was 2002. The, yeah, it was 2002. The uh, Milwaukee Brewers were hosting. And that was the game that was tied because oh, both teams were not pitchers. Yep. Um, but the Milwaukee Brewers are just a god-awful team. They lost 106 games that year. And I believe their one representative was Jose Hernandez. who that was, And he wasn't even playing that well. It's just you have to have a representative. Yeah. Now, luckily, at least with the Rockies, they do have a few guys that are playing well. But I mean, if you bullpen guys are really hard to come by for all stars, and the Rockies don't have any rotation. Marquez is not pitched well enough. Uh, Gomber is not pitched well enough. Part of it is because he had those two clunkers of starts. Yep. Um, nor has Senzatella. So I mean, it's John Gray, it's McMahon. And it's CJ Crone. And I mean, for story, as you were saying, I mean, he's he's at 255 with a 322 on base with five homers, 23 RBI, and an OPS plus of 96. That's below league average. Yeah. So you need to be a little bit above the league average to be an all-star. Yeah. So if you're holding on to to them for a potential all-star game appearance, I, I think that point is now moot. I really do. I, I think that you you float you really showcase, as you mentioned, this next generation. You know, if if story is traded away, as you mentioned before the break, that likely means Brendan Rogers as your big time shortstop there, uh, which makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it really does to see what he can do to really give him that playing time and say this position is yours. Not because of injury, not because of a you know it's a righty lefty matchup or whatever. No, you're you're going to be the shortstop. Let's see what you can do with that. Yeah, and then if Story is traded, I think we'll see more of Alan Trejo in the majors mm-hmm. this well uh, this year as well. And you also have to consider other guys being elevated in the minor leagues. Like for example, we talked with Dugan Darnell recently. Yep, and just since then he's being elevated up to Spokane because he pitched so well in Fresno and yep. he had an ERA of 0.66 in eight games, 13 and two thirds innings pitched in Fresno, five hits allowed one run punched out 17. Um, so and he didn't walk a batter either. Um, and also too, another guy that I will be very interested to see um, and you spoke with him as well when you were in Spokane, is Riley Pine. Yep. He's pitching well in Spokane. He, he has an ERA of 372 in nine games, which, I mean, that's right there, that, that's if you got nine games out of him, that that's good considering he's been injured, and plus last year, uh, obviously the COVID season. But you look at his past ERAs, 2016 Grand Junction, 11 games all starts 535 era 2017 in Asheville, he was two uh, uh yeah two and 11 with a 542 era 2018 between Asheville and boise he was 0 and 3 with a 432 era but that was only four games and 2019 he was 0 and 1 with an 866 era 21 games three starts so if he can actually pitch as well as he has been you may even see him in hartford or uh, hartford or maybe even albuquerque this year yeah i i truly think that 
there is um, a lot to look at. You know, we we get very focused on AAA and AA, and and as well we should. But I think there's so much to watch with Spokane and Fresno right now, and so many of these younger guys or guys that you maybe have never really heard about or haven't heard about for a while that are playing really well. Uh, you know, and so I encourage you. Yeah, we talked to uh, Riley Pint. We talked to Michael Toglio. We talked to a lot of the members of the Spokane Indians while we were up in the Pacific Northwest, or sorry, the Inland Northwest. Uh, during during that visit to Vista Stadium. And so make sure you check out that past podcast as well as the talk with Dugan Darnell because, Noah, one thing that was fascinating to me is this is a kid, and I, and I can say kid because of my age, this is a kid that was actually out of baseball. He had given up on the baseball dreams, taking a full-time job outside of baseball, and all of a sudden the Rockies came calling, and, and he uh, jumped at the chance to get back into it. Yeah, he's one of the few guys that was in Fresno that's actually older than I am. So now he's in Spokane. So I still call you a kid too, by the way. Yeah. Hey, well, so. the thing is, too, I, if you look at him in Fresno, he, he's 24. Um, he's not even a year older than I am, but he was two years older than the average player in Fresno. Mm-hmm. So the average player in Fresno is younger than I am, which it, it's weird because I used to be at that point for me because especially because I became a, I really into baseball, like 2005 or so. So players, I mean, they were 20, 23 years old at the time and they were in the early eighties. And now you, like, for example, I saw some player, it was, I believe they were with the Orioles and it, they said that they were 19. The kid looked like he was 12, but it was 19 and like, okay. So he's like, 2002 and then there's there's younger players on that too because especially internationally they can draft them at 16 yeah so it's like holy buckets (laughs) well well, welcome to the world of feeling old my friend it happens and it sneaks up on you pretty quick at least they don't have any aarp cards (laughs) not yet it's coming buddy (laughs) uh well hey as we wrap up this episode of the rocks file rockies report we just want to say uh certainly we are we are recording this on memorial day weekend and we want to make sure that uh all of you take time to to remember the reason for this holiday weekend and and the fact that uh, we are remembering those who lost their lives uh, in in, uh, in the military uh, and serving our country. And so certainly uh, we appreciate all of our military members as well as uh, certainly remember those who are fallen uh, and, and our hats go off to all of them and thank them for their service. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Noah, I'm looking forward to see what happens in Pittsburgh. And then obviously I think Memorial day is going to be a big day for the Rockies whenever they get back here. And uh, there's likely some testing done with Trevor story. Yeah, and Memorial Day, and the, the, honestly, it should be a crime against humanity not playing on Memorial Day. I Agreed. Mean, that's, that's just well, Memorial yeah, Day and July Fourth. I mean, you you have to be playing. Sorry, those are the rules. No, well, the, you know, the Rockies <laughs> were off a couple of years ago on July the Fourth, and it was just the weirdest day ever. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. Uh, you build in Memorial Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, July Fourth, Labor Day. I mean, at least the, with Mother's Day and Father's Day, they're Sundays, so I mean, they, they're going to be played. But they, they better. I'm just telling you, yeah. So, by the way, don't forget that uh, promo code F A N S I D E D and the number twenty at Manscaped.com, twenty percent off and free shipping. We appreciate their support of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And again, Rockies fans, we appreciate all of you for listening. Uh, We will be back soon with another episode. Always check out the fresh content we've got every single day on rockspile.com. 
But until then, it is uh, Kevin Henry signing off for my friend and fellow co-expert Noah Yingling. And hey, go Rockies. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.